International. What is up, Gary Busey Town Massacre? Today, I'm going to start you off with a little quote from the director about this movie. Most of my films take many, many years to come to life. Black Swan was 10 years. Noah was 20 years. And this ha- film happened in five days. He further explained the writing script. It was the strangest thing. It came out of living on this planet and sort of seeing what's happening around us and not being able to do anything. I just had a lot of rage and anger and I just wanted to channel it into one emotion, one feeling. Today we're talking Darren Aronofsky's Mother. <laughs> Almost sailed it. Uh, hi, Ethan. How's it going? Good. How are you? Dude, I'm all right. Nice. Bezo? I am great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Another Friday night, hanging with my bros. Yeah, Talking bro. shit about movies. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, if you hadn't guessed, we saw Mother. Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. Exclamation yeah, lowercase point. exclamation. <laughs> Shitty right. Shitty hand style. <laughs> Yeah, with a, a, a weird uh, 18th century script. Yeah. Handwriting on the font. He's a poet. It's very uh, leaving uh, uh, fear and loathing. Yeah, yeah. That's going to start me. No, but it's like the font's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But enough about the font. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think about that quote that I opened? That is a direct quote from him. Yeah, that uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know how how much we want to look into it as a comparison to the movie, but uh, it, I mean, it certainly gives it context. I think. Okay, yeah. well, for you that are just tuning in, and maybe this is your first episode, or maybe you're like, I want to hear a. a discussion review i'm not capable of reading reviews that are online yeah. uh this is going to be a full spoiler episode oh yes because you cannot talk about this movie without completely spoiling everything revealing the yeah. plot and yeah if you can call it a plot if you can call it a plot yeah yeah, yeah. totally so if you haven't seen it uh abandoned ship 
and then uh, or catch the next episode hit pause and or catch just listen and don't watch it yeah that's probably a better better ah, option no no gonna have to argue uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Knew it. this is exactly what we said well, when it's we more got fun when we when we disagree with each other right yes yeah, all right well, there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> I see, All right, go nice see it. show, guys. See and, uh, listen up next week. Y'all argue to just, just spoiler on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Bezo, you enjoyed the movie then. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, story time for me. I almost missed it. Whoa. I, uh, if only you could have done yourself the favor, right? right? <laughs> I, uh, I ended up seeing this at the Draft House in, at Mueller because it was the only one that had a 430 showing uh, early enough so we could catch the podcast. And uh, I had no idea that there's like an hour's worth of traffic between Old Torf and 15th oh, yeah. Street, oh, yeah, you know? So um, I actually walked into the theater and they were like, no, you can't go. It's like, it's too fucking late. You got to, you got to leave. And I was like, dude, I, I have to, re- I have a podcast. I have to watch this movie. <laughs> I have a podcast. I have a podcast. I have to watch this movie. And, they're, and they're like, and the dude was like, all right, well, normally I don't allow this, but it's a special circumstance. I was like, fuck yeah, bro. How late, <laughs> did, you have you, a podcast. How late did you walk in? I like three or four minutes. Did you miss any up front? I did. And Whoa. that, so I, I did not catch the first three or four or five minutes of this movie, so I think. You missed, oh, you missed the, the best part. The ending is Well, the I figured that part out just by how it ended and how it was filmed. But, um, but no, the first, the first scene that I walked in on was a scene with her testing some different colors on the wall and oh, then yeah. having oh. some weird freak out about the wall kind of pulsating at her. Yeah, yeah. classic fucking women. Am I right? Like, I, God, could you have your period somewhere else? Please. Yeah, or at least, you know, wear like a diaper or something. Like, come yeah. on, you know. At uh, least stop mixing your, at least stop mixing your anti-anxiety medication in with the paint. <laughs> so I missed the first couple of minutes of this and I don't know if they tried to set up what ultimately would unfold later on or if it's a... no. It's a blind setup. She just wakes up like at the end and then she's kind of walking around and painting shit on the wall. And that's where I came in. Um, So I had to, I was, I felt very lost for about an hour as I was trying to piece together what the hell I'm watching. But I don't know if I was because I missed the first three minutes or if that was just akin to the way the film is. No, but I would appreciate if going forward, you could take this Uh, podcast a a little little bit more seriously. I love that you used it as the excuse for them to let you in. I'm going to, I'm going to write, you know, Tim League hasn't had enough on his hands lately. So I'm (laughs) going to tweet him that yeah. uh, they, they left some asshole in 10 minutes after it started because he said he, <laughs> he had, had a podcast, podcast. And, like the dude yeah. was literally like it's funny as soon as i got it out of my mouth like look man i have to do a podcast recording and, like he's like okay i'll make an exception oh, bro know, i got, I got you, bro. you. Wow. <laughs> bro sick pod it is it was all like here mention my podcast while you're on it like, yeah. told me it gave you yeah okay no, well what's the true. same shout him out no that, that's not true but the the point is is i i ended up but it's like 4 30 showing on a friday there was yeah. like 20 people in the theater yeah. and they're all spaced out and what the uh, not to get too off a tangent what the fuck like if you buy a ticket to go to see a 4 30 showing of a movie why do you buy the tickets right next to the aisle when there's clearly easy 150 escape. easy escape is yeah. that really what that's all I about? i like an easy escape yeah i i, I, I don't 
if I'm not I don't getting trust those center, people. I'm getting the side. Yeah, but I, I, I get, get what center, you're saying. You're side. saying if center is an option, why wouldn't you? Cle- choose and it? I got like this probably the best seat in the house because everybody else is sitting everywhere else. And I said, like, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I did order the ticket, you know, a week in, or a couple of days in advance, but still, like it was anyway. I, I always don't trust those. No, people. I like an I like an aisle seat. Here, I, let me let me tell you something crazy that happened during our screening. So we went to the advanced screening on Wednesday for this movie. So we've had a few days to let it really marinate. And for us to really uh, try and figure out what this movie is. Okay. Uh, And uh, the couple next to us, we had the aisle seats. And the couple next to us, uh, they walked out probably 30 minutes before the movie was over. Wow. That's such a weird time to leave. It was a late walkout. It was weird. That's like they got the bill and they were like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, Yeah, that's literally what happened. Yeah, Yeah, the only thing you missed at the beginning was some good sound. There's like a, at the beginning, the opening scene, they they recap the end where she's in the flames or whatever. Okay. And uh, at the beginning, they show that and it does a really nice like, and it's like rumbling and it's really cool. It's, it's a close-up of eyes in the flames. Ah. So it's not... It could be yeah. Jennifer it could be Lawrence, Lawrence or some doppelganger. his first wife was right, or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it sounds really good up front. I think you might have missed some nice, like... Uh, there is, like, really good parts up front with that house, which is, like... Um, Oh, are we in the 1800s? Are we in 2017? You don't know. (laughs) There are some nice sounds where it's like they have a big farmhouse sink. And when they turn on, it makes really weird like thumps in the sink. And the sound design up front, when they let, when they let the problem with this movie, first off, the first problem I saw is uh, when they let the movie breathe, when they give it space, it's awesome because the sound design and the set design is so good that when they let it breathe, it's it's awesome because it feels like you're there and you, and you really can kind of sit in that space. Here, but they don't let it breathe. Here's he, an, claustroph- he makes it claustrophobic with his shit-ass, bullshit, meta-ass writing that's f- completely completely written by a 19 year old that just discovered what meta means and wants to just use it over and over so here's here are a couple of interesting things about this movie uh what you were just saying about the something and i forgot so i'll come back to that (laughs) fuck uh uh may i interrupt and you can maybe catch your train of thought there the um the I think it's interesting that you started off with that quote from Aronofsky because um, his frame of mind and what his intention is here, I think, means way more in this case than pre- than other kinds of movies. Yeah, where uh, we can disassociate ourselves from the 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 the, the, the uh. piece from the director or the storyteller. He's the writer and the director in this case. Yeah, and he's using the whole thing to slog his ex-wife. See, this is, I don't, what, where well, is wait. his ex-wife in the story? I have a question. Who, See? what do you think this movie, what do you think the symbolism is? Because this, this is a part of what I was just about to bring up. Yeah. Aside from the thing that I forgot. But yeah. uh, if you look online and you look at reviews on this movie, a lot of people have 
a wide array of ideas that they think that this movie is about. A, a lot of varied ideas. That particular quote from him was an interview after this movie screened at, I think like the Toronto Film Festival was the first place it screened at. Mm-hmm. And he, I'll reveal what he was saying that the movie is about in a moment. But okay. what did you think the the symbolism was? Well, there's... I think uh, you would see, if I were to, to give a, a, an analogy, there's sort of like, I imagine a coat hanger that is the bridge of all the symbolism in the movie. And then hanging from that is maybe a few other things that I think people would argue one way or another is more important or not like a mobile, like the way, you know, people look different pieces of it. Like that's what it's really about. Well, it's really about this, but this kind of balanced in its own piece, you know, kind of thing. But the coat hanger, if you will, the giant piece that all ties it on together, I would say is it's a very big biblical an- analogy or um, a Judeo-Christian analogy where the themes of it are ultimately Judeo-Christian in nature, the fall of man, the redemption, the story of the, the triune in their role of playing a part in that and sort of its own um, uh, invest uh, like a human investigation into that, what that, what that means in a very, analogous kind of sense not in a literal sense not almost not even in a figurative sense but it's very it's it's analogized by the three people if you will in the in the in the family ethan what do you think the the metaphor if there is one represents i mean i think i think for me like this this whole movie hinges on the allegory and the 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 the, the meta writing is is him him dealing with the idea of the artist and the idea of writing because it constantly deals with writing. It's cent- the whole movie's centered around the idea of writing and it's all a meta piece geared towards the idea of the artist versus the realist or something. And 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 and, and there's a bunch of stuff there's a bunch of lines and analogs drawn between this because we see ideas of ideas of what are within the populace considered unattainable because they're you know pure ideas or idealism you know it deals with ideas of communism the ideas of giving things away and then he tears them apart by being like oh well look it just creates all these savages and it's it's fucking stupid it's written by a 19 year old it's a total like all right okay. first draft bullshit ass like just discovered what meta was type writing so I thought, similar to you, I thought aspects of it were overly, uh, like, ham, ham-handed, just really heavy and disgusting biblical. Not disgusting necessarily because it was biblical, but disgusting in that it was such a thin veneer of what it was trying to be that it was just sad to me. And yet, you Wait, say... And <laughs> and I also agree with you that I thought that there were parts of it that were political, but not political enough for me to be interested in it. Now, that quote, there's a couple of things in it that kind of hint at what he thinks that the movie is about. Uh, he said that the movie was supposed to be about global warming. Get the fuck out of here. That's some bullshit. And mother is mother nature. Yes. And we're fucking liking. That's like why she doesn't wear shoes. Smokes and shit. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. 
And this is why I said like this this hinges more on his intention than the piece itself. Uh, that's really that's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I that's just, the kind of shit that can ruin the movie. Oh well, I'm sorry. No, I mean because I, I mean, it's 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 that that's you know you talk about faint faint lines of you know political allegory. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like the parts that I thought were political were not the parts uh, i said this when we walked out of the movie we went and saw it with another friend of ours uh and we all had a drink after the movie and chatted about it and everything all of us came out of the theater extremely disappointed Mm. and all of us uh or ethan and i in particular were talking about how there were parts that were political or seemingly political and for me, at least, that's where it got like kind of interesting in the third act specifically. Um, maybe we'll go into this in a minute and maybe we don't all agree on this. Uh, but I know Ethan and I do. The first two acts, phenomenal. The third mm. act is a nightmare. Uh, yeah, I'm not on board with that. And I, I understand where you're going with it, but I don't agree. But yeah, keep I assume keep, as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, there are parts in the third act that are really heavy with political it seems like political uh allegory well not allegory i mean it's like a represent it's like a mirror of what's happening currently and in some parts it like spikes to like hyper realistic and in some parts it's like yeah this is like pretty much what it is right now you know uh but those parts were like so the third act is very intense if you're inexperienced i would say uh you can rip my head off about that in a moment i'm thinking go but ahead. <laughs> uh the third act is intense for some people uh but there are parts where they're getting into these like political ideas and or where he's getting into these political ideas or seems like that's the agenda that he's trying to push now in this five minute section of the movie and um they're not like they don't go far enough like they're so they're still like so tame and that's how i feel about i mean that's a part of why just the third act is a nightmare to me because whatever political or social sociological allegory he's going for he doesn't it's not only about that no it's that there are five minutes or whatever, you know, there's scenes and they're short scenes. The third act is comprised of a million short scenes of different glimpses into different things that are going on. And I can see the biblical references. I can see the like, um, art references, like specifically like, uh, Hieronymus Bosch, like triptych art. And specifically when you compare it to the beginning of the movie, which is, it's all very, um, like you said, very Christian artwork, but like specifically like the Renaissance period and then like um, after the Renaissance period and how, uh, or the end of the Renaissance period and how art was viewed. But uh, it's not, it's like either insanely heavy handed. I mean, all of it is very heavy handed, uh, but it's like, it's not, it's just not aggressive enough. It's like, I, I only want to slightly do this because I don't want to burn any bridges in Hollywood or I like don't want to put my reputation on the line. I only want to like dip my toe in the water so that people will be like, oh, this is really smart what he's doing. 
but your impression is that he was not committing to what he mm -hmm. wanted to do no i mean i completely think that this is what he wanted to do it's just stupid yeah exactly i just think he, he 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 like exactly what he's saying in that quote at the beginning like this came together in five days it feels like it came together in exactly five days. It, that's it, why i want to read that it, quote. it feels like it it feels like someone who just came across these ideas of like wait we can write about writing what like it it, it has all these meta aspects and and it hinges on on these ideas of of art belonging to everyone and, and the movement of art between private and public space which is constantly used within like writing theory art theory things like that um and i just i i just feel like it's it's not dealt with in an interesting way it, do you think that he's using that that that's the primary thing that he wants to address or he's mirroring that phenomenon with the, another concept? I think that it is the main concept. I think when you look at the idea of it's, it's the main character is a writer, right? Yeah. The thing that, that, that troubles him is his writing. The whole reason the movie exists, the whole purpose of the of the movie is centered around the idea of a writer okay but a lot of movies have writers as main characters and writing as something as part of the central plot line you don't immediately just dismiss it because it's you know self-indulation or because whatever. a lot of it doesn't doesn't deal with it in an immature way it it, it kind of it serves a function and it doesn't do this thing where they ham fist the allegory to to the to the meta idea of writing about writing. They don't ham fist it to the point where it's just so annoying and overwrought. This movie succeeded when it had space. This movie was great when it had space. He he in his it it makes sense for him to take that space that's wide open at the beginning and make it claustrophobic at the end. That's the point of the film. That's what happens with the house. That's why the, the, the private space becomes public. And that's why Jennifer Lawrence's character feels claustrophobic and hides in the room that he writes in. But my qualm with it is that is such an obvious choice that it's not really a it's not a good take. Like it's not a it's 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 not an interesting idea. It's something that's overused. He he would have been, in my opinion, he would have been better off just making a classic horror movie with the set design, with the sound, with the 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 the, the good parts about this movie, the things that were working. He 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 abandons them. The sound at the end sounds terrible compared to the sound at the beginning, because it doesn't have space to work. Mm. everything becomes too claustrophobic and and granted it's the idea of the film but it's so obvious it's so obvious that from the beginning that that is the that is the allegory that's the the idea that he's going for so the idea is like okay make the private space completely private and then take the public space and then move it into the private space for claustrophobia and then that will show 
the uh, uh, what writing ha- does when it moves from a private space to a public space. Name a single. I mean, I, I don't even know that that necessarily is the main thrust of what it's going for thematically. But I can't think of any any other movie or book that uses that as an analogy to make that point. You say it's overused and trite, and and I can't think of any single other version of that of of writing about writing so ham fistedly that something like that occurs. You're 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 making an interesting comparison: the difference between private space and public space, and the violation from one to the other, and the tool by which the violation occurs is by creating something that is liked, I, and that is that that's a unique concept. I can't think of any other thing. I that mean, uses I think that. I mean, uh, I had a whole class about it in college. Well, I think what you're talking about though is less about bringing it. It's not. Um, it's not, uh, fuck. It's not like a regular thing to necessarily talk about public and private space, but are you talking about more so that like the writer and the writer's struggle is more of like that, like that's an overused thing. Well, yeah, it is. But then the idea of the, the idea of like the idea of, of a writer is most happy when they're writing. And the writer's plague is introducing their writing to the public space and introducing their writing to the sphere. It's the idea of a tortured artist that 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 just has to get their artwork out and and then it's consumed so so much by 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 everyone by the public sphere. It's consumed and it's misinterpreted and that's you know that's that's the real problem because the only time it's pure is when it's in your head or when it's not shared. I really feel like you are adding. Uh, that theme uh, and grafting it onto this like it fits like a puzzle piece like it kind of fits and you're kind of smashing in the I don't know what part doesn't fit. fit he has he has all people he showing he up doesn't, at his house okay but he doesn't he's not a tortured artist that uh, laments the fact that his that his work is successful He's not. Uh, he he kind of leans into it, and in the fact he sort of invites. No, but Jennifer it. Lawrence is playing that Yang. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that they're one person, they're one person and they yeah. represent both parts of the brain. They, the, they, the tortured part that wants to leave everything private, and the public part, which is Javier Bardem. Yes. Yeah. They they represent they represent one part of a whole. Of 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 a, of a, of a the, them them ideally them together make up one mind. Right. That hence why hence why she's like replaceable. Right. But what they're what 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 they're talking about throughout this is the whole point of this is that is that once his work starts getting introduced, it starts gaining traction. And then those people start interfering with with her private time, which is right. She's part of him. Because they're because they're married, they 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 made something together, right? They're they're part of the same person, and they they two they both have two completely opposite personalities. That that that's the that's the allegory to them making one person, right? Uh, I think everything that you're saying, it's not that it's not in the movie. I think that the writer is using that phenomenon to compare it to a bigger theme. And saying it's like this, so, for example, um, there, there's a, there's a that well, I notice when people write about, and I, again, I go back to what I think the coat hanger is that things are hanging off of the of religious, doing religious analogies, is that there's sort of like this question that gets that a, a writer tries to address in an allegorical way, 
and because you can't look at you know the religious ideas and and just talk about the ideas and write a philo- philosophical book and have it come to a conclusion. A writer approaches those ideas using characters and sets and scenes and plots and so on. And coming up with their own sort of you know rationalization, I I, I was thinking about for example um, uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, and uh, which you may or may not be familiar with, or our writers might, our readers might not be familiar with, or, or listeners. But there's a moment in 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 the in the Bible where Jesus is on the cross and he has these two lines one after the other. One is Why have you God? Why have you forsaken me? Followed by the line It is finished, and then he dies. Those two lines don't. Like as a character, there's a lot of ambiguity as to something must happen between those two lines to make sense because one thought doesn't follow the other. Those sentences don't seem to be to correlate and they seem to mean very different things in a very, in a religious context. Like what's the implication, the meaning of those words uh, have completely two different isolated things. So the last temptation of Christ, the writer, Nikolai, whatever his name is, he inserts his own fictitious narrative of, of, uh, of what happened to Jesus in that moment between, between those two lines to create, you know, for himself, sort of a rationalization, an analogy using characters and plots and everything to build a, a reasoning between the between those two. I think the same thing could be said in this case, where this um, where Darren Aronofsky or the writer, and I have to abandon this global warming thing for a minute, um, is making a comparison between if there is a God, God is a creator writers, artists, and so forth. They are creators. And the creative experience of a God creating life and, and, and all the paradoxes that come with it and, and the violence and, and, and whatnot, uh, that, that entity is as much a creator as this person is who's writing. And so this analogy of public-private space that you're leaning into, I think, is part of that, of him making a, an, a comparison in, uh, in, in drawing a, a, um, a parallel between creating, between an artist who creates versus a god who creates. And the characters, and, and so this other bigger concept of uh, 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 of religious and spirituality and, and, and well, it, I don't want to go too far to say spirituality. It is focused on the Judeo-Christian narrative um, is really what's the important aspect here. And that, that motif that you're going for is merely a part of it, one of those dangling things on the coat hanger. It's like that. He pins the book that becomes religious text and is known and, and, rever- and revered and misunderstood, etc. And religions are formed off of it and, 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 and so on. And that is, you know, analogous, if you will, to the Bible. But it's also analogous to what you're talking about. It's just a good book that just got written and was widely praised and so on. Um, but I think the, 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 the main thrust is to talk about the bigger picture and just using that as a tool. I don't know if you're saying the bigger picture is 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 God in religious text. I don't. I think you can argue that the idea of writing is as big of a picture as as God. I don't think that's the thrust of the theme here. I think he's using that the the the, the analogy of a creator. He's using that as an analogy to to, to analogize God. I go ahead. Sorry. I'm just gonna say, aside from the fact he doesn't say anything. As a writer, <laughs> I'd I'd like to. Well, that's an interesting comparison. I've never heard that comparison before. I, I just don't say. I just don't think he says anything. Like like it, it, your 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 idea 
or my idea, both of them, I don't think he says anything new. Like, like I think the idea is that when you're dealing with these big philosophical questions and you're trying to approach them via meta writing, via via uh, analogs, via uh, allegory, things like that, he doesn't say anything new. He doesn't. It, 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 it's all boring. It's trite and it's ham fisted. Um, you in the back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I so I would like to say that. To me, and this is what I was trying to say earlier, um, Ethan's idea of what the story is, again, will set, will set aside what the story is actually about. But Ethan's idea of what the story is, to me, a few, in like, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, I was like, okay, this is where this is going. I really don't like this. I'm very angry right now. Then I was like, I sat back and I was like, well, I still have an hour and a half of this or whatever. So I'm just going to sit back and try and enjoy everything. And then I was like, I'm, I was furious because it was so heavy, heavy handed with biblical allegory. I was so fucking angry about that. Because Why it, angry? Because it's, it's so overdone. It's not smart. The way that it is done is not intelligent. I was angry at first because I thought it was all about writing and like, oh my God, like it's so hard to be a celebrity. Like there's all these people and they want to be in my life and I can't let them into my life. And maybe that's one of the dangly things that you're talking about. Or I think that you could make a perfectly good explanation for the entire film being like that if you treat it as a writer or a celebrity or a director or whatever someone that's in the spotlight and then I was like yeah no this is clearly extremely biblical and I was really angry at how poorly done I thought it was uh and then after (laughs) I read after I read what he thought it was about or what he says it's about I was so angry (laughs) like that i if i would have known that going into this movie i would have been i I wouldn't have seen it well you know what they say the first thing when they're teaching you all this meta writing and everything you know what they say you can't trust what the author says so well you can't uh, trust that i mean there's there's some truth in that and there's also some lies in that um but the I this whole fame thing that you guys have latched onto, and I guess others have as well. Okay, well, don't be rude. I haven't latched on to anything. Okay, that I've latched on to how garbage this movie is. It's not garbage. Um, yes, it is. It's <laughs> the reason why that doesn't hold a lot of water for me is that the first major interaction with people invited into the home um, bears almost no resemblance, I think, to fame at all. It's one i mean very he's coming there because he knows he's a writer yeah but yeah. even before you yeah, know that as the audience or as javier he's inviting people in to and this goes into a completely different area that i'd really like to talk to or talk about in a moment but he's inviting them in to boost his art it's he's not use he doesn't have real relationships with people if you view things from the idea that he's a celebrity or an author or someone that is viewed as god outside of the idea of religion god like just some narcissistic asshole okay but the whole story with 
the wife and the kids and the murder is completely irrelevant to making your point. Like the, the point of make, of saying something about fame and inviting people in and public space, private space, that whole dynamic with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Dom Hall Gleason and whoever that other guy is, it, it's completely irrelevant. So the, the point of having those people in there is to have the Cain and Abel sequence and which mirrors, of course, uh, Cain and Abel's Bible. And so that's the, that, le- that, that makes that, that theme, that analogous theme much more important yeah but the thing is is like movies aren't a math problem like like it, it's not it, m- things don't fit perfectly together and 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 trying to find an answer especially one of like of like oh well it doesn't work based on this does it won't discredit the idea of what he's writing for because he it credits it discredits the scope and size size and scope of it like the importance of it it. doesn't because that is exactly the tool that he needed he invited these people in specifically so he could use them as a tool it going along with ethan's thing which i'm not saying is the version that i believe of this film or whatever it's just one of the things that i recognized about this film it's it's pushing ahead his ability to write it's another tool to perpetuate his stereotype or his whatever his celebrity and i and i and i don't want to again I'm not saying no to all that. I'm just saying that there seems to be another layer above that that takes precedence. See, here's what I think, though. You're saying above, like, oh, you fucking peasants. But it's like... No, I mean above, meaning it it binds all of these things together. I know. I know what you're saying. I know. I'm saying the way that you're talking to me is weird. Yeah. (laughs) So the point... No, I was saying something. I got... Well, okay. Was I... Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, so character-wise, his decision to to find the inspiration um, to move on is because of what happens following the death, the 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 deaths of Cain and Abel, and the funeral, and and her reaction to it, and so forth. That gives him the idea of of what to write, which um, also coincides with the her the, pre- the the her impregnation. And I think that that's creating, uh, again, a, a parallel for the writings of the books leading up to what you know, the division between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the final book being written, and then the, the, the godson being born, and, uh, and then immediately sort of sacrificed in a way. Um, the point is that takes place narratively after the Cain and Abel story, and it's a parallel of, of saying, well why did this story need to happen before this story happened? Maybe because there's a thought process that went into effect and I'm going to analogize that thought process in these characters following this situation. Again, I, I'm not discounting the other things you're saying. I'm saying that they're, they're the bigger, the bigger story is I think this, which do is, you, is do you think other. that Darren Aronofsky is intelligent? Yes. Do you think that this is a smart story that he's telling? Um, Again, removing the idea of it actually being about global warming from the perspective. Uh, I don't think it's as fleshed out as it could be. But yes, it's it's certainly interesting. It's worth watching. It's very well crafted. And it, it brings things to, uh, at the very least, brings up discussion more than I, I think other filmmakers would do with the same material. How the far into idea. the movie did you think 
oh, this is about the Bible. When Cain killed Abel. Okay, so that's like a pretty decent chunk into the movie. Yeah. It's about 45 minutes or so. I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. Yeah, okay. 30, 30, 45 minutes. Were you like, oh, this is fucking awesome now? No. No. You were I, like, this is awesome. No, And now, now it just got more awesome. Basically. I, I, my experience, unfortunately, because the, I walked in late and there was like this weird like tension and because I'm interrupting people, and I'm sure people are thinking, well, what the fuck is this guy allowed to come in late for? And I had like and a lot of like, like, I got a podcast. I had like some psychobabble in my head. Then the person's ordering food. And I'm the only person ordering food and it's like a bunch of other stuff. So like I had to like, it took me a while to kind of seek in, seep into the movie. Um, so I, I, I might not be the best judge of saying whether it, it, it would grab you and hold of you as well as it did. But my impression was, is there was a lot of weird shit going on and I couldn't figure out the connective tissue. But when that happened, I was like, got it. Now I have an idea of what the metaphor is that we're well, searching for. you had for. something to latch on Right. To. See, for me, it went the opposite direction because doing there, there is so much shit that is just so weighed down by biblical biblical allegories or biblical references or Christ figures. That's like 90% of literature and a shit ton of movies. And the fact that this director, Aronofsky, who's a smart guy, decided to make a Bible movie. He also made Noah, if y'all don't recall. So it's not like this is out of realm for the guy. Yeah, but I do also like the idea the idea of like, oh, biblical allegory is like a, a bigger, more major allegory when it's like, what, bro, bro, what, what did it take to make the Bible, bro? Uh, writing. <laughs> yeah, that's, so... But that's obviously not what he's saying. He's making... Uh, as I see it, it's a it's a comparative analogy between creating in the human world and creating in the you know the the, the metaphysical world, and that that's analogized in what happens in the movie. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> well, just, I, 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 okay. Let me. Ask, I feel I'll, stupid giving this movie this much thought because this movie obviously didn't have this much thought in the writing. I yeah, don't. I would agree. I don't think it has okay, this well, much thought. Do you think there's any relevance to the smoking the cigarette lighter outside of the global warming nonsense? Like, the, why the, the lighter? Why the why the why 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 is that in the movie? The guy he's a smoker. He says you can't smoke in here, and then there's a lighter. Like, yeah. does that play? In, it doesn't play really well into any of our analogies. Into what? Did, like her hiding it from him? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, uh, it plays well into the one that I actually believe this movie is about, which is. This movie is a vehicle for misogyny. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, it's true. No, go ahead and tell me how I'm wrong. A vehicle for misogyny. I mean, it's a fair... I mean, you can make an argument for it. I definitely think you can. If there is nothing that says that... If any argument is to be made, it's it's anti-misogyny insofar as that there's no praiseworthiness about how they treat Jennifer Lawrence's character. Nothing yeah, but they replace her pretty easily. <laughs> and the thing that the thing that he praises most is her death. He uses her death as a vehicle to just get some fucking crystal. <laughs> in addition to the fact that she's literally a doormat in the entire movie, and that's not by choice. It's by fact of no one listening to her. That's true. I mean, 
you can you can i mean this movie is pretty heavily misogynistic i think i think making this argument for it is totally fair like i she's treated like shit and that's the point this of is the movie. this is the only movie that i have ever walked i go see a lot of movies we know that of course again if you're a new listener welcome i'm normally not so much <laughs> of a bitch on this show i'm very amped up right now uh but i see a lot of movies and this is the only movie that I ever walked out of. We went to a theater where the women's bathroom is right next to the the theater that we were actually seeing it in. Came out of the women's bathroom. The line from the theater was still clearing. And a dude stopped from walking in front of me. And he went, oh, go ahead. A thing that has never happened to me in Texas. Nice. And a thing that happened to me from a dude that was walking out of this movie. I don't understand the, he said he, he was polite to you and said, go ahead. That was a problem. That wasn't a problem. I'm saying it's a direct effect of him being like, oh shit, men. Oy. Am I really? <laughs> I, <laughs> I really want uh, you to make an argument to convince me that this movie isn't misogynistic. The most misogynistic movies I've seen are movies that treat women horribly and don't even know that they're doing it. That they, they're completely, they don't even realize that, they, that it's bad So or when did wrong. Javier Bodam, when was he like... No, I'm talking about the filmmaker, not the characters. Like the film itself is completely oblivious to how it's treating the women in the movie and the actresses in the movie and so on. And that the, 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 the complete obliviousness to it is, 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 is that's what strikes me as misogynistic when I see it. But in movies that have women getting, you know, uh, abused and beat up and whatnot, it's usually gut-wrenchingly horrible as it is in this one. And that to me doesn't speak of misogyny. It speaks of, a, an, of an acknowledgement of how awful it is. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't piece misogyny. I don't, I don't, I don't connect those two like that. <laughs> no, that's how I see it. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, come on. That scene, the, 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 the near rape of her in that movie is just devastating. Like I, it's, it's, it's painful. It's very hard to watch and it, It's just, that's, there's nothing glorifying in that at all. That's, I'm glad that you bring that up because there's a, an inciting incident in this movie that a lot of people are triggered by. And I had a very difficult time trying to understand what it was. And I was talking with our, our friend today that we went and saw the movie with on Wednesday. Uh, I was talking with him about it today and I was like, what do you think that moment is? There's a moment that a lot of people are like, it's a big and very terrible moment. I have no fucking clue. The inciting incident of the movie? I mean, No, I like the the part of the movie that's like really unbearable and difficult to watch. Really unbearable and difficult to watch. I don't know. Like as soon as things start escalating in the third act, that's when everything starts to get really difficult for me. Well, he said that it was the baby dying is what he thought it was. Uh. And for me, I thought it was the rape in the staircase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shitty stuff. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't know. Like, at the, I don't know. There was a lot of stuff where I, I, I just viewed this whole movie as unbearable. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay, like, I want to, before you get too far afield, and, uh, I wanted to ask, have you guys ever watched a movie, or if you can think of a movie, where you disagreed heavily with its thematic message, but really liked the movie nonetheless? 
Uh, yeah. What one? Case in point. Uh, irreversible. Yeah. I mean, I could. I think that people can make an argument. It wouldn't be for me, but I could see people making maybe an argument for a good time. Or people making an argument for Reservoir Dogs. I mean, those are movies that have like bad things that are happening. They're bad principally, but yeah. they are good movies. Same Ooh. with uh, Enter the Void is another phenomenal yeah. example. I mean, all of Gaspar knows movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like Harmony Corinne stuff too that I think people could say that about. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> Boy, never mind. I don't want to put good things in comparison <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> Idiots online have already done. Uh, I uh, yeah, man. I mean, I don't need to agree with a movie to enjoy it. I don't think. I my problem with this one isn't that I disagree with it. That I mean, because because I those. Those things, I mean, a lot of the aspects of it are are things that occur and are things that are real and things that people struggle with. Uh, not me, because I'm not fucking Darren Aronofsky, famous, fucking rich millionaire piece of shit. But, but yeah, I'm not like, oh, people like my shit, bro. Like, he's made it's, like eight movies and three of them have had commercial success. <laughs> like, I mean, he's a millionaire, yeah. Yeah, maybe. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, come on. Black Swan and The Wrestler. (laughs) I don't know. Did he get points on this? The Wrestler? Yeah. And Black Swan. I know, but did he get points on it? I'm sure he did. I mean, I would imagine he would have. I mean, he wrote and direct. I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. uh, He's probably doing okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's doing better than I am. And he's, but he did so cr- creatively. He didn't milk it from somebody else. He made some really good, challenging movies. Sure, but seeing I those people, seeing those pie pe- requiem for a dream. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm familiar with his movies. No. I wouldn't agree I, with I, that. I mean, I I, I like <laughs> pie more than I like most of his movies. I like. I agree. I like the wrestler. Uh, I really like Mickey Rourke. And I like the idea of and wrestling. Todd Berry. Yeah, uh, but. My problem with this movie isn't that I disagree with what's going on. It isn't that I can't comprehend what's going on. It's that what his way of getting that across to people is just so annoyingly overdone. Hmm. And I think ultimately you can make an argument that it's self-praising but but that's that what makes me turned off from it because it's just when this movie i will, will repeat it over and over that when this movie <laughs> succeeds is when it has space it's when it it's when he lets it breathe and when he lets the set and the sound breathe and he doesn't do that at the end it gets mucked up from the second half of the movie onward i see, I, I completely agree i that's exactly what i was trying to say it's not that i have an issue with it being about a bible which i don't really like that you're treating like that's the truth of this movie when he specifically has said that it is i'm we're friends outside of the show i promise (laughs) but uh (laughs) but you're treating that like that's the truth of this movie 
And that's good if that's the truth in your eyes. Um, but it's unfair to not recognize that there are other things that are going on in this movie, in particular when he himself has said that that's not what this movie is about and that it's about global warming. And the feeling that that you had when I said it's about global warming to him, yeah. that's how I feel about it being about the Bible because it is such an overused, I mean, exactly what you said. It's an overused concept in film, in books, in whatever the fuck. And the way that he tells the story is not good. It is so heavy handed. It's insulting. Well, it's not, you can't say it's heavy handed if we all three walked away having no idea what the movie, what he thought the movie was about. Yeah, but that's the problem with it being too heavy handed is that it's everyone's like, that's it, it's this bullshit uh, it's this bullshit uh, high school philosophy. It's the fight club. It's the idea of like, bro, I fucking get it, bro, and you don't get it. It's because they're using old ass analogies and they're just throwing them into your fucking face and you latch on to what you want. And that's what makes it a bad movie is that we can't walk away from it going, oh, yeah, that was a good story. We can't walk away going, oh, yeah, that's what it was about. We walk away with, oh, this is what it's about and fuck you if you don't get it because I'm smart and you're or not See, and that's the problem with using hand ham-fisted analogies and ham-fisted analog and ham-fisted meta bullshit that's what i'm saying it's is, trite. yes it is 100 i also I have the opinion that when this movie in particular is so heavy-handed with the biblical allegory that i think your deep dive into like this whole like uh, left brain, right brain writing thing is so much more interesting than this movie is because it's so obvious that it's about the Bible outside of the fact that it isn't. But there are so many biblical allegories. The idea that this movie is about the Bible. And that's why I was asking you those questions earlier of like when that clicked in your head, were you like, oh, this movie's like pretty tight now? It's like extra tight. That is so insulting. That's it's, so dumb. It's not a it's not like <laughs> I'm saying, oh, it's about the Bible and they're, you know, case closed, let's move on. It's not about that per se. It is about a a philosophical investigation into rationale. And and these things are in are there to create um that rationale. And it's 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 uh, it's not it's not about um it's so so this literary stuff that that you're 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 bringing up ethan is to me it's 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 almost unavoidable the way he's trying the way he's trying to make his comparison religious text religious dogma cannot be separated from religious text and religious text has a writer and so it makes sense to make that comparison using a writer from a creative standpoint, it, I, I, it, it's not necessarily a simplistic and overwrought theme and returning to the creator and the writer. The writer creates something and we watch what the creation is and there's this auto meta that auto clicks in whenever you write about that or whenever a film, whenever a movie does a movie about filmmaking, it's automatically meta and so on. Like by virtue of it, yes, it is, but that's not the, that's not the end of what the analogy is. And it, it's, 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 Whereas other maybe other pieces of work have butchered that theme and, and, and stumbled over it and, and hacked it out, uh, it's in this case it makes sense because you're cert it's a, it's an investigation into 
as I would describe it, the triune. Uh, I, see, I don't think mother being mother nature is a little bit of a stretch, although it's technically most of the word, but from the from a biblical angle, if that's what it's looking for, and that's what I think it's hammering out for, is the 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 triune of... Uh, 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 Eve. Well, no, God that's the Holy... That's where the movie starts out as Eve. God, the Holy Ghost, and Jesus, like the, the son. You know, those that's the triune that comes out in the movie. The son is... Uh, the son is killed. God wants mercy. The Holy Ghost isn't in for it. Like the, the, the okay. My question to you is that if this is the analog, going along with your idea of that, this is this is what he's going for, right? Is this religious writing stuff like this? What you're saying, the, the Holy Trinity, right? If he's going along with this, what does he say that is interesting? What does he say that is new that is dealing with that subject? A couple of things. One is that he's first off, he's embodying, he's creating, he's using God as a creator and mirroring the idea of creation here, like when we create pieces of work as the same thing as God being creator. But then he's not, he's not an omnipotent God in the sense that we think that he knows the end of how things are going to unfold. So he creates and he has to work with his creation and then make modifications and change. And just because he did all that and does what he can and tries to get what he wants, he doesn't get what he wants, and so he has to reset. And so the omnipotence, in, in a sense, is trying to do it over and over again until he gets it right. The uh, I think that's a, an interesting concept which I haven't seen explored before in other works. What about The Fountain? To be fair, I haven't seen The Fountain in a long okay. time. Okay, well, you should rewatch it because this movie is a lot of recycled garbage from that. Okay. <laughs> the cliff notes. <laughs> It's just the leftover appendix. I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I would just honestly, I think, because we can argue it into the ground. Ultimately, that's the problem with these films. That's the problem with the Fight Clubs and the Donnie Darkos of the world. Is that you can <laughs> argue two thousand ones? You can argue them into the fucking ground, and you won't reach anything because it's a philosophical point. It's the idea of oh, what is life? No, uh, because yeah. the argument but, is that the movie is about fucking global warming. It's literally not about any of the things that everyone thinks it's you about. You can't trust the writer, uh, but I don't know. Like, ultimately, when it comes down to it, for me. For personal preference, I would have much rather gone in there and saw just a good, well-crafted horror movie. Same. And I didn't get it. I didn't get that. I, I, I appreciated him trying to do something other than that. We just saw it. I don't. I, this was going for something, and it I felt missed its thematic what it would, could have been thematically. Well, the problem the problem with it for me is that it fails where this succeeds. Uh, setting. Uh, uh, feeling, sound space. design, space, uh, 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 creaking, uh, you know, like like not jump scares, tension. It had that up front in spades. It had it. It, ha- it was well crafted up front with that. But but the idea and the idea of hammering something, hammering some philosophical point home, whatever that is, which is left to be interpreted by the viewer, which is the point of art. But but that's where it falls apart that's not in the end you have to say that's what makes it not a horror movie that's what takes away the tension is 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 it is it hammering home all these allegories right in my opinion what i would have rather seen is is a writer and director that threw those out took the beginning and just made a well-crafted really well done horror movie because that's what you had at the beginning and then you you messed it up in my opinion yeah Two out of ten. 
no. The uh, it's way better deserving of two out of ten. I mean, just for craft alone. Uh, I mean, I don't agree. I just think the writing is so bad. Like, I genuinely think that it's that bad. Hmm. Like, I genuinely would. I would rather read a textbook, and by that I mean I think that he took all these ideas from a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have been uh, playing the role of the defense attorney. Um, let me jump on your side for a second, because there are some. Oh, you want to tell me about how it's not misogynistic? No, I want to talk about some of those shortcomings. Hey, of tweet the movie. at uh, cult Busey, cult dot Busey if you. <laughs> yeah, we won't check them, but tweet at cult dot Busey if you think this movie was misogynistic or not. <laughs> um, the <laughs> uh, the. Uh, the uh, the the, uh, fun, guys. the the Christian allegory I think goes too far. Uh, I I like the idea that it's there but not overt, and he clearly goes overt with it. Which I, it's his it's his part it's his piece. He can do that. And um, but I felt in going overt with it, it um, it starts to undermine itself because if the analogy is trying to say, look the creative process here in, in creating a piece of work on earth, a human's creating piece is analogous. I'm trying to make, trying to envision what God's process is. And if he's a creator like I am, maybe there's some parallels and trying to explore that, that starts to fall apart. Um, how, how far you can investigate that, the more you just lean into full allegory in the third act, like it does. Um, the uh, in particular when uh, Javier Bardem's character starts talking about real overtly like we must save them we we have to you know we have to forgive them and and then her line later on like where are you going you know what are you doing like I'm going to Armageddon uh, like it's 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 not there's nothing subtextual about it at that point and uh, I, I feel like that was probably a misstep. I know he's just, you know, at that point, he's piling it on. He's like, if you haven't gotten it now, now is your time to get it, uh, which is ironic because apparently y'all didn't have the same reaction necessarily that I did. Okay, in that's that. rude. I did. Okay, okay. Well, I, I didn't know. I, just I know that, that you're a genius and I'm a lowly pile of garbage over I'm here. Just, but. He, he zeroed in on something I thought was there but not important, so I didn't know if y'all would zero in on it like I did. Well, he actually is my brain too. That's why. I, I uh, thought the movie was misogynistic. <laughs> because Bezo is my Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> making up you as the I whole. I see. I see. Um, and so the uh, I, I think that was to me. I, I felt like ah, oh, like I, I want more of the analogy to be there and less of the overtness of it and less being textual. Um, but I, I appreciated the effort and I also appreciated the craft because and and I remember like in. I had rewatched Pi, I don't know, like nine months ago or something. And there's this there's this sequence in Pi, which is just I always look forward to it. It's this the the second time the main character goes back at it. Like he 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 turns on the machine, he thinks he has all the calculations correct, it all falls apart, and he's just kind of out and about, kind of talking to people. He's 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 he he's 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 uh, he thinks he's failed, he doesn't know what he's gonna do, then he gets some new inspiration about how to reapproach it. And there's this whole sequence where he goes back to reapproach it and it's like it's ex- it's like built almost entirely by editing and 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 intensity and it's a it's a good eight, nine, ten minutes of just crescendoing up to this moment where it all just blows up in his face and um that 
that kind of intensity is the same thing that's sort of mirrored in, in particular, the second time that guests arrive. Um, not not uh, not following uh, after the whole sequence with uh, Ed Harris, but the the following sequence when she's making she's she's all dressed up and she's made dinner for him. That that sequence all the way up until when she's alone in the room before the pregnant before the the birthing sequence. Uh, I thought it was just in, just insane, intense, and it's just cranking and cranking and cranking from from one thing to the next, and people are just flying all over the place, and and it's you can bear you, you're the, all the allegories are there, the metaphors are there, but also the overtness of it there, whether it's the people in the riot gears or the the soldiers and everything everything else that's going on and her and, and it's just there's a there's an intense craft to that that is just I think is extremely extremely well done and and, and um, should not be missed in and of itself uh, <laughs> uh, but apparently the, uh, not everyone may agree with that um, the moments that I felt were cheap actually were some of those moments in the dead space that you're oh, talking when the about woman was speaking when the woman was speaking, see now you're putting the misogynistic words in my mouth. Uh, no, the uh, there were a two, two or three unnecessary jump scares built by camera work hiding behind a door. You know, the door shuts and the person's right there, and it's like ah. Uh, they do that like two or three. He does that like two or three times. I felt like those were the cheap, weak um, scare tactic moments that uh, were something that I would expect to find in it, for example, and not uh, in this movie. Compare uh, contrasting that with this more intense sequence that I'm referring to, where where I felt like the the uh, the drama of the of the sort of unknowing of what's going to happen next and how things are going to escalate is a different kind of drama than, you know, the killer behind the door kind of thing. Right. So I would like to point out um, that that's exactly what I was talking about with how heavy handed this movie is and how dumb this movie is, is the fact that I would venture to guess that when you saw this movie, during those stupid jump scare moments, no one in the theater jumped because they were obvious and because they were going to see a movie that was intellectual. Hmm. Uh, I, I really didn't get a feel for how the audience was reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the one everyone in the audience was looking at. Reacting to. Yeah. Asshole coming in 15 yeah. minutes late. Well, in our theater, uh, we were in the back row, far left. So we got the entire view of the theater. Mm -hmm. And a part of the movie experience when you're going to see a theatrical release and certainly a movie like this that's polarizing mm -hmm. uh, is that you can see the way that different people react. There were two jump scares in the movie, I would say confirmed to a possible third and i think i know the maybe third that you're talking about okay no one budged for any of them mm -hmm. and i think that that's it speaks to you think the the kind of people that that movie attracted to go watch into the movie yes okay. there's a difference there the people that all of the people in the world that went to see it are not all of the same people that would go see mother the but following i think weekend. that's a very interesting uh comparison like a selective bias and how that would uh, roll out itself on on how people turn out so that's that's an interesting observation totally Another side of that, though, is that <laughs> there are also people that would go see Mother that wouldn't go see it, that 
are hyper intellectual that think that they're going to be able to figure out what this movie is about and think that it's not a train wreck. Uh, again, I, I think Trainwreck is harsh. I think uh, I think Stupid is harsh. Um, I think uh, part and parcel why he can make a film uh, in in as little quote preparation than uh, Noah did, which I think is in- endlessly more frustrating than this one is. Um, and it's been half you know ten years on it or whatever, like you said in the quote, um, rather than a week or whatever in in, in the pre production. Twenty on Noah. Yeah, ten that, on Black Swan. Black Swan, yeah. Five days on this. <laughs> That's not to say that. Uh, well, I, I, it's a di- well. Black Swan is the better of those three. Um, the uh, Noah, the he's uh, he's improved his craft to the point where the, I don't think days worked on it necessarily is a correlation to the end product. Uh, Noah is the weakest of his of his films. And uh, regardless of how much time he put onto it, there's just, there's so many things that are problematic about that. Movie. All right. Well, I think that we've beat this into a dead horse. Um, one last thing that I'd like to say though, uh, we kind of teased this last week that we were going to be talking about this movie uh, following it because, and the tease was that I hate Aronofsky. Yeah. I'd like to say that I did go into this movie and I think I even said it last week that I was very, very excited about this movie and I couldn't wait to see it. So I don't want anyone to say that I was going into it with a negative idea in mind. I gave this movie every possible chance that I could time over and over again throughout the film. Just real quick, just say liked, didn't like as I go through this. Pie. Like. Requiem for a Dream. No. Um, Black Swan. No. Wrestler. Yes. Noah. No. Um, I guess then, then this movie. Yeah. Otherwise, it's no. shorts. I can't think of another one between... Uh, uh, oh, Fountain. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> Does that qualify me for disliking his movies? I think, yeah. You're more, you're more nay than yay. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I mean, it's fine. Sometimes you don't like a person's shit. And I think like this person is one person that like either you buy into his dumb ideas or you don't. And some people do and some people don't. I personally, I don't. I don't. I don't. So th- would you gay and nay the same way she did on those films? I would be pretty similar except for the fact that most of it I'd probably be uh, didn't, didn't see, didn't yeah. see, didn't see. I've seen Pi requiem and the wrestler and i like pie i think requiem requiem for a dream i think there's way better movies that deal with heroin and the wrestler i really like i fucking love the wrestler but the wrestler isn't this stupid like straightforward it's not as heady it's not as like boringly heady no but it is about a creator it is a, about an artist just like swan yeah is, but i don't like read it like is. that i read it as mickey rourke's a fucking goddamn genius in it well there's that but i'm saying as a director he's obviously uh he's he returns he's to the he returns to the yeah. the, the tortured artist or whatever yeah, yeah uh, again watch the fountain okay for real yeah. i mean watch it really no, it's I, a, yeah. it's been a minute yeah very in line with this movie and if you like this movie and you haven't seen the fountain or you haven't seen it in a while you should certainly revisit it because it is very very similar Mm. um yeah so you went into the film with 
you know, a blank slate and it still felt very uh, slighted by, by it. Well, I would say it comes back tenfold that way because if you go into a movie not... If you went into a movie and you know that you don't like the director and you there's a good chance that you're not going to like this movie, but you're like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm going to sit there and I'm actually really excited and genuinely interested in this idea. I've been looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And then this happens that makes your hatred for something grow tenfold. Uh, that that's unfortunate because I, I see Aronofsky and I, I put him in the same category, like the two, the other filmmakers kind of right up his alley is Alex Proyas. Uh, I see these two film, two filmmakers sort of side by side as I think that they are, incredibly gifted filmmakers who are trying really unique things and every once in a while the pieces come together and fit and other times it doesn't but i either way i appreciate their work and i want them i want to give them more liberties to do whatever they want to do to me i think that aronofsky is someone that needs to make movies because if he didn't there wouldn't be college students that are like, I fucking know what good cinema is. This is Darren Aronofsky to me has always, and this movie proved no different has always been a Donnie Darko of a human being. (laughs) That's true. He's a fight club. It's they're movies that you think are good when you're in college or before college. And then you watch them and you're like, no, why? What's wrong with me? Okay, <laughs> I mean, it's a hard one to argue. <laughs> well, it's easy. I, I obviously, I don't, I don't agree with it. So yeah. I just let it hang. I mean, you know, let yeah. it hang. I mean, it. That ultimately, that's the problem with these types of films is that there's no right answer. It's not right or wrong. Well, I think the conversation. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that don't have answers and not right or wrong, but they're still endlessly enjoyable. Two thousand one being the 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 epitome of that. Yeah, well, two thousand one is fun to look at the entire time. So that's the problem is that isn't this movie isn't just fun to look at? Clearly not. I mean, it's not. I think it's different. I think there's something about the themes in the movie that you find pedantic. Uh, and, and also, like what I was saying, is 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 the parts where he succeeds, he doesn't allow that to happen. Uh, he mucks it up. He mucks up the craftsmanship halfway well, through I mean, of the actual filmmaking. There's also... If you want to draw some parallels to the parts that you enjoyed about this movie and 2001 is the space. And I'm not talking about literal space. (laughs) I'm talking about the fact that each scene has room to breathe. And you and I agree that the movie, I mean, maybe not exactly at the (laughs) complete point in time, but... Uh, we agree that it's the latter half or the third act in particular that is a train wreck and a nightmare. Uh, I can't I can't use the word train wreck. I mean, but we all agree. We all agree to the point that the, the second half of the film isn't as good as the first half. Right. Then we all use that. I don't, I don't know if I'd go there. I I I I. I, I there are things that I prefer that were done in the third act, but I can't, I can't, I can't short, can't shortchange the guy because his direction of what he wants to do with the story about global warming. No, not fil- no, not philosophical or writing wise. I'm just talking like purely like picture wise. 
like filmmaking, sound, uh, not excluding writing and, and philosophical ideas. I, I think I think the second half filmmaking wise isn't as strong as the first half. I, I completely I disagree because that that sequence that I talked about is so good and so like completely insane energetic and something I've never quite ever seen before and uh, fulfills what he's trying to do narratively and and it, that's the that's the moment where the movie just fucking doubles over and from from something a real story into just pure analogy and it does so in that time frame and uh, I, I I can't I can't fault that I, I really enjoyed the craft of that can and that's in the second act or third act anyway can you say one more thing and then we can can we get to our reviews. I thought we did. <laughs> well, you said yours. I don't think you ever gave it a number, and I certainly haven't yet. Oh, uh, well, wait, because I still want to say something. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, Ethan, actually, can you take the floor for me instead? About what? Okay. All right. So my brother, uh, there's a large gap in age from me and my brother. My mm-hmm. brother is in college right now, mm-hmm. and he's taking his he's taking his first college film course. Wow. Wow. Uh, and my brother, the first movie that they watched was Juno, which is for sure a weird choice of movie. I I can kind of get it. Right. Yeah. My brother said, I was like, Oh, Juno, like the movie sucks. Right. And he's like, well, I had never seen it before. And I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> and then I was like, that's, I mean, other people had seen it. Right. Yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, I know. Like, like half 75% of the class hadn't seen it before. And Ooh. I was like, I'm old as fuck. That's what that says to me. Could be. <laughs> My other fear is that, and I said this before when we talked about interstellar on this, on this podcast, uh, huh. My greatest fear in the world of cinema <laughs> is that there's going to be a film class. I feel you. Where Interstellar is shown as a substitute for 2001. Yes. <laughs> this movie is another one that I could see being shown and it should not be shown in film class. Similar to Juno. Uh you're going to disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, not to say that I think that this is deserving of film class, but I do think that it's uh, there. The pro- <laughs> I knew you were going to disagree yeah, with you is, don't really need it to is, it. Yeah, okay. Interstellar has so many problems with it, and it's so frustrating that it's so praised that uh, uh, that I feel in sharp contrast. It's funny. I guess they're both written and directed by, the, by their creators, written mm-hmm. by the directors. But uh, I... Um, God, at least Aronofsky's got a pair. Uh, Nolan is just, uh, no. Well, Bezo, uh, Ethan, you gave your rating earlier. It was two, two out, out of ten. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Bezo, what's your rating? Um, seven out of ten. Very interesting. My rating is. One out of ten. Thanks, guys. <laughs> don't forget to nice. listen to all the shows on Body Tape International. And, and don't forget to, if you live in Austin or if you don't, please go on to the Austin Chronicle. It's actually closing the day that this show comes out. So if 
you like the show, please do us a solid and go on to the austinchronicle.com, I believe. And they have a best of poll. You can vote for this show or any of the other shows on Body Tape International. Make sure that you check those out as well. And please write in your favorite podcast, this one, of course, or any of the others on Body Tape International, and write in for the wild card, your favorite podcast network, Body Tape International. Thanks, y'all, for listening, and let us know what your feedback is about the movie. Bye.
International. International. 